All right, hey, a um, couple things. This is more of an exhortation than a sermon, or maybe we'll call it a homily. Um, you can look that up later. My highlights uh, for the trip, one, I've said it a few times to people in Belize, but I was really blessed to have um, my son and daughter, Job and Trinity, on the trip for the first time. So when I first went to Belize, they were three years old and six years old, so I've waited 12 years for them to be able to uh, go with me, so I was super blessed to have them. Also, we had a team meeting um, the first night. We had a number of team meetings, but after the first night, um, I asked the guys to stay behind, and I really challenged um, all the guys to really stand up and to be men and to lead. And I felt like from um, that moment on, they, they really stepped up, and when there was something that needed to be done or a service ne that needed to be accomplished, like, boom, they were there. We never had to pause. We never had to wait. And they um, very much set the example. So I was super encouraged that they uh, stood up from the youngest to the oldest. And then um, the other thing that was a highlight was uh, the unity of the Spirit with our church was very much present and it was very powerful. So there was not any murmuring or complaining. There was, um, it's like we all work, it, we worked as one. And it wasn't really just our church, it was the other two churches. And so it was really neat to see three churches working as one body in Jesus. So it was a super blessing. Um, let's go ahead and stand. I want to read from the scriptures in Philippians chapter 4. This is what it says. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you that we could um, have a service just uh, talking about how great you are with the mission trip that we had and how you blessed us every single day, every single hour, every single minute. And so many times, Lord, you came through. And we thank you for that. We thank you for the work that you're doing in Belize. We thank you for the work that you're doing here. We pray for our brothers and sisters um, in Belize that they would continue to be faithful, that they continue to stand firm. We pray for the country, God, that many, many, many um, would come to know you in that country, God. We pray for our continued work there for the years to come, Lord, that we would continue to be faithful um, and continue to um, be the, uh, the reapers and the sowers that you want us to be and what the role that you want us to play as a church. We continue to be faithful to do that. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Here's really uh, my main point that I just want to make briefly today, and it's this. When, when God teaches you something, you need to put it into practice immediately. And so notice what he, Paul says here in Ephesians 4, verse 9. So he says, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things. And when you think about the commands of Scripture, there's never a pause. Like we're commanded to do something, and it is expected that we obey it immediately right? So we hear the word, and then we respond to it. There, so there's, there's an immediacy to the commands of Scripture. We don't ever get the idea that we can wait 
to obey Jesus. We're commanded, and the expectation, the expectation is immediate obedience. That's why, um, you know, parents, when you're raising your kids, you know, in our house, the idea is immediate obedience. Delayed obedience is disobedience. Why? Because we're training them, not that we want uh, me as a dad, want my kids to do what I want them to do because it makes my life easier. No, what I'm doing in part is training them that one day when God tells them to do something, what do they do? They obey it. And when do they obey it? Immediately. Why? Because that's what God expects. That's what he expects. So there's an immediacy um, when it comes to the commands of Scripture. And many have believed God calling them to do something. And they believe God's spoken to them about various things. But what, and we're, we're probably all guilty of this, but what happens? We put it off. Right? Different things the Lord has spoken to us about that he's wanted us to do, we've put it off. And then what happens? We don't end up doing it. True? So there's, there, part of the reason is, is that um, our, our, our nature is to be lazy, to put those things off, to not do it, to forget about it. Um, we want to take the easy path, if we're honest, in our flesh. But God has an immediacy when it comes to obedience. Even if you think about um, the gospel itself, there is an immediacy to hearing the gospel. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 6. In verse 2, chapter 6, it says, For he says, In a favorable time I listened to you, and in a day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. So the idea is, is like, Paul's given this message, and, and it's not tomorrow or next week or next month. It's today is the day of salvation. So you're hearing the message, and, and you're not a believer the idea is, well, I'm just going to put that off, I'm going to put that off, I'm going to put that off. Well, there's the parable of the rich fool. And what happens in the parable of the rich fool? He's like, oh man, look how great my life is, and I'm going to tear these barns down, and I'm going to build bigger ones. And God comes and says to him, you fool. Tonight your very life is required of you. So in, in terms of the unbeliever, you can put off making a decision for Jesus, and you go, I'll, I'll do that down the road. Well, guess what? You might not even get that opportunity. So today is the day of salvation. Notice what he says towards the end of verse 2. Now is the favorable time. God has been gracious. If you're hearing the message of the gospel, God has been gracious once again for you to hear the message to repent and believe. It's a favorable time. So don't wait till tomorrow or next week or next month. You might not even get that opportunity. The other thing, and it's probably a different sermon in itself, but the, the Bible does talk about when you get those opportunities and you, you reject them, because that's really what you're doing if you're deciding not to trust in Jesus, you're rejecting him, let's just be clear. What happens to your heart? It becomes hardened. Slowly, slowly, but it does. And you end up with a seared conscience. So that is the other reason that when you hear that gospel message, you'd want to repent and believe. Look at Psalm 95. 
Verse 6, O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. Today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts as at Meribah, as on the day at Massa in the wilderness, when your fathers put me to the test and put me to the proof, though they had seen my work. So notice what he says at the end of verse 7. Today, again, the immediacy. Today, if you hear his voice, what? Repent. Respond to what he's asking you to do and do something about it. We see something similar from Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 30. Turn there. This is, is essentially, you know, Moses' last sermon, if you will. It's his last instruction to the nation. And this is how he wraps it up. In verse 15, he says, See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I command you today by loving the Lord your God, by walking in his ways and by keeping his commandments and statutes and his rules, then you shall live and multiply and the Lord your God will bless you and the land that you are entering to take possession of it. But if your hearts turn away and you will not hear but are drawn away to worship other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not live long in the land that you are going over the Jordan to enter and possess. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life that you and your offspring may live. So here's Moses, and he's, he's wrapping up his message, and what does he say? Oh, no, go home and think about it? No. What does he say? Choose life. Choose life. There's an immediacy. When the scriptures speak, God expects us to hear it and to respond in faith. The same thing happens with Joshua. Look at Joshua 24. In verse 14, Joshua 24. Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your sight, eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your fathers served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Then the people answered, Far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For it is the Lord our God who brought us out and our fathers up from the land of Egypt and out of the house of slavery, and who did those great signs in our sight and preserved us all the way that we went and among all the peoples from whom we passed. So what is Joshua saying? Choose today who you're going to serve. And what did the Israelites do? They responded, and they're like, We choose Yahweh. We choose the one true God. Here's the thing. The righteous live righteous lives. 
The righteous live righteous lives. The saved, they act like they're saved. If you're saved, you need to live like you're saved. If you have been uh, bought by the blood of the Lamb, then you need to walk in the blood that covers you. You've been forgiven a great debt. Live if that's the case. I mean, <clears throat> for those that, that uh, if today someone walked up and, and, and handed you the, the, the keys to the home of your dream house and be like, it's mortgage-free and we'll pay the property taxes for as long as you live there, and not only that, we'll include the insurance, like, you'd be super excited about that, right? You'd be jumping up and down just for a house and a, and a, and a, a, a dwelling that one day will perish. But if you have Jesus, you have an eternal dwelling in the heavens. And that pales in comparison to any dream house debt-free that you could possibly own. True? So praise God, we want to live like that then. That, I mean, that's how the life of the believer is characterized. The righteous live righteously. Think of the parable of the prodigal son. So many good um, things to glean from it. But think of the parable of the prodigal son. You know, he comes back, obviously repentant. But what if he comes to his father the next day and asks, hey, do you think I could have a little more money from you? <laughs> I mean, if that was like in addition to the story, you'd be like, ah, that kind of ruins it. Why? Because you'd be like, I I'm not sure he, he really learned his lesson. Why? Because with repentance, with true repentance, there's change, right? There's change. The, the, the prodigal son never spoke about money to his dad again. Why? Because he was changed. So if Jesus is your Lord, then what he says goes. And if Jesus is your Lord, then you love what he loves. And if you don't, then that should grieve your heart. And then you pray that you love what he loves. Some of the different people shared, like, I wasn't sure I wanted to go or I didn't want to go. But what? They knew the Lord was calling them to go. So what did they do? They went out of obedience to the Lord and in Job's case to his dad, right? <laughs> but but they, they were faithful because they knew they were supposed to do that. Were they loving to go to Belize? Maybe not. But they were loving the Lord. So then they loved the things that the Lord loves. And the Lord loves the people of Belize and they knew that God was calling them to go there. So if Jesus is your Lord, then you do what he asks. If the above isn't true, then you should question whether he's really your Lord. He is always the Lord, all caps, right? Regardless of if you acknowledge him or not. But is he your Lord? Have you personally trusted in him? Have you repented of your sins? Do you believe in him for the forgiveness of your sins and seek after him? Each one of us has to make that decision. And we were blessed to see that happen a few times down in Belize, including at the outreach night. Justice got, um, I mean, that's the amazing thing, brothers and sisters, about the gospel and about God using us is we get the picture of the person who's sowing the seeds and some people come along and they harvest it and some people come along and they're watering, right? But what does is, what is Corinthians tell us? God causes the growth. And so Justice is getting to share it with him, uh, with this young man. I'm giving a gospel message a couple days later. Other people are pouring into the, him. Um, a number of the youth really reached out to him. And what did the Lord do? Salvation. It's from him, right? Right? So 
as it was emphasized a few times, like everyone has their role to play. So in Belize, everyone had their role to play. But also here, in this church, everyone has their role to play. And whatever your role is, that's what you, you want to do. The hand can't say to the foot, I don't need you. The entire body is completely needed to accomplish the purposes of God. So whatever role God has seen fit to give to you, serve there faithfully. And when he calls you to do it, when do you do it? Immediately. We want to walk faithfully in immediate obedience. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the work you did in beliefs. Thank you for our brothers and sisters back here praying for us, the church standing in the gap for us, much spiritual warfare, um, and they stood with us. Many of them supported in different ways, including financially, people getting down there or giving us the resources to best minister and further minister to the Belizeans. We thank you for them. God bless them for their, uh, for their faithfulness and for their generosity. Lord, I pray for each of the people that went to Belize this time, Lord, that the different truths that you showed them, they would cherish those and they would continue to um, think on them and can, you would continue to grow them. I pray, God, that you would continue to bless um, our brothers and sisters in Belize. Uh, we care about them greatly. Continue your work in their hearts. Um, continue your work, Lord, in our hearts. Um, we pray your blessing upon Elohim Community Church, Libertad Baptist Church, Koinonia Ministries, Father, that you would do your work, bring leadership, God, um, and raise it up in, in the midst of those um, ministries and churches, Lord. Um, people called by you to be faithful to the work that you have for them. And may, just like it is here, may the church be the church in Belize. May they play the role that you want them to play. Um, may you continue to go forward, Lord, as we know you will, and let us um, continue to partner as you see fit with our brothers and sisters in Belize. All for your glory, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you all for coming. Have a blessed day.